Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Four free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southernness to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday afternoon to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi. It's the Eagle Hour. Appreciate you joining us today. Great show. Head coach Scott Berry of Southern Miss Baseball will join us a little later. Coach will preview the fall for us and uh, what the Eagles been doing as they started fall practice just uh, a week or so ago. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens producing today from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel Bob off today, but uh, happy to have you along. First segment, as always, brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue. Homecoming for Saturday. Who better to cater your event than Dickie's Barbecue? Cooked here, loved everywhere. Of course, the hometown team, Justin and his great crew out towards Turtle Creek Mall. Kelly, sunny Thursday. How is it in Hattiesburg? And the humidity is down. A storm came through about 3 o'clock this morning. I always know that because my older dog will come and whimper a little bit and wake me up a little scared by the storm. But humidity down. My voice is battling allergies, and I guess a lot of people are battling seasonal allergies. But big homecoming game coming up Saturday, Luke. Big game for both Arkansas State and Southern Miss. It really is uh, just under 53 hours away from homecoming. Both of these teams, uh, Southern Miss at, at two and three, uh, Arky State at two and four, needing uh, both needing a, a conference win. And here to tell us all about the Red Wolves, the play-by-play voice of Arkansas State, Matt Stoltz, joining us. And uh, Matt, how's your Thursday, man? Man, I'm doing great, guys. Looking forward to being there Saturday. Well, this is a team. Uh, actually, I, the last game that I played of my college career was Arkansas State uh, in the 2005 uh, New Orleans Bowl in Lafayette, and and a team that Southern Miss fans know all about in uh, Jonesboro, not that far, uh, relatively from Hattiesburg in the new conference. And you guys, uh, tell us, you know, just how the season's been. Looking at your schedule, uh, several close games in there. You've made a trip also to uh, to Ohio State. Um, but but how did you get to this two and four record halfway through the season? Yeah, you, you look at the two and four record, and uh, you really don't see just how improved the Red Wolves are from a season ago. And uh, you, you look at defensively, just how improved they are. They're allowing 185 yards less per game than they were at this time a year ago. Now. Last year's defense was historically bad through six games, but uh, I think they, they've made some really nice improvements just across the board on the defensive side of the ball. So they're a lot more competitive there. And then you look at the record itself, uh, two and four, it could easily be four and two. 
you go back uh, to uh, week three, uh, the Red Wolves went to Memphis and uh, had them on the ropes. I mean, the, the A-State actually led that game by one with three minutes to go. Um, and Memphis was able to convert on a fourth down and six to extend the drive. They went down and scored. And then you know, the Red Wolves still got the football back with all three timeouts and a little over a minute to go with the ball near midfield, but just uh, couldn't couldn't keep the drive going and go down and, and score. And then the following week, they go to Old Dominion in the conference opener and uh, really outplayed Old Dominion for most of the game, but they turned it over twice in the second half, and uh, both of those turnovers led to touchdowns. And ultimately, uh, that was the difference in a game that the Red Wolves fell by three. So uh, I think there's been some good things. There's been some improvement across the board, but it just hasn't necessarily shown up to this point as far as wins and losses. You guys last week ran into uh, the buzzsaw that's James Madison, but this will be your fourth conference game. Southern Miss has only played one. And, and talk about your quarterback. I think a lot of Golden Eagle fans uh, forget this, that James Blackman actually was the quarterback for Florida State in the 2017 Independence Bowl. So he's faced um, Southern Miss before, but but a guy who's thrown over 200 yards in, in uh, several, in, in most games this year and, and threw for a lot of yards at Florida State. Yeah, he started, you know, 25 games at Florida State. Uh, he's got a ton of experience. He came here last year and uh, actually won the starting job at the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, he got injured six games in and had to miss the remainder of the year. But he came back and, and uh, you know, really had a fantastic offseason. And not only uh, is, his, is his play on the field – uh, very solid at this point. You look at uh, the numbers. I mean, nine touchdowns to just one interception through the fi- uh, first six games. He's been extremely efficient. He protects the football very well. But you know, he is the unquestioned leader in the locker room as well. Uh, the guys respect him. He's a sixth-year senior. You mentioned Florida State. He's been uh, been around the block a time or two. So. Uh, I think the guys uh, respect him enormously, and he's been uh, a really nice leader for this football team. Matt, you talked about the the improvement hasn't translated into wins and losses. I think Southern Miss is very similar in the in the sense that mm-hmm. few would argue that Southern Miss is not a lot better this year than they were last year. It's also not necessarily translating into wins. So you've got a Southern Miss team which has struggled offensively, quite frankly, and outsiders looking and looking at the Red Wolves. Seeing, saying although those defensive numbers were historically bad last year and it is improved, it's still a defensive unit that, that has a lot of question marks. Are those fair analyses of both teams, you think, coming into Saturday? I think extremely fair. And, and I think these programs really mirror each other uh, quite a bit right now. And you look at just the success and you know the Red Wolves had such a good run from 2011 to 2019, where they had nine straight winning seasons, nine straight bowl games, five conference championships during that span, and they've dropped off the last couple of years. And this is year two for Butch Jones. I know it's year two for Will Hall. Both of these head coaches are trying to rebuild uh, programs that have a lot of uh, history. And each day with a lot of uh, uh, good recent history, and I, I know Southern Miss is had a, uh, a great stretch of success as well. They're trying to get back to it because these are two very proud football programs. They're, gonna, they're gonna, uh, are getting ready to square off 
uh, coming up on Saturday. But I think that's a very good analysis. That, uh, you look at the A-State defense, the biggest issue with them right now is the fact that they haven't forced any turnovers. Uh, I think Southern Miss has done a good job, and I know they've scored three defensive touchdowns to this point, and they've done a great job um, yeah, defensively at, at creating pressure. I know they're top ten nationally in sacks and tackles for a loss, but as far as the Red Wolves, they're doing a lot of things well, but they're just not getting any takeaways. In fact, the last takeaway for the defense was all the way back in week one. They had an interception against Grambling, but the last five games the defense has not been able to create any turnovers. The only two takeaways that A-State has in that time are on special teams. So uh, I think that that is the biggest hurdle right now is just trying to uh, trying to create some turnovers. And if one of the goals for both of these teams is to – to secure a bowl, you you lose this game Saturday. Either team, they they really have an uphill climb the rest of the way. If if you don't win this game on on Saturday, that's why I think it's so pivotal for both teams using the barometer, of course, of securing a bowl nod. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that you know, in the case of the Red Wolves, they played one more game than Southern Miss at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, I think if you don't win this one, there's a state sitting at two and five, and you know you, you've got to win, you know, four of your last five games to get into a bowl at that point, and you still have to travel to Lafayette next week. You've got Troy and South Alabama at at home during that stretch as well, so it would be pretty tough. But I think Arkansas State and Southern Miss have the same thing in mind right now. I think these are two pretty evenly matched uh, teams right now. So uh, I think that's a fair point. Both teams know that if they want to become bowl eligible this year, and I think it'd be a big step for both programs to kind of go back in the direction that they want to head getting to a bowl this year, uh, they need to take care of business on Saturday. Matt, about 45 seconds left. Just uh, comment on, on what we've seen in the Sun Belt this year. This is new for us, and we are enjoying every second of it. Even a game last night, oh, yeah, Marshall you know, beat a struggling Louisiana team at home. Boom, Cajuns get them. And it, it's just your comments about how the Sun Belt's been this year. Well, it's been a fun ride just watching the Sun Belt over the course of uh, you know, the entire uh, history of the conference. Uh, the conference itself is only – uh, a little over 20 years old. And uh, I think the last five or six years in particular, it's just hit, uh, you know, a whole new level. And uh, the addition of the four teams uh, that have come in this year, including Southern Miss, just make the conference that much better. And, look, there's no gimmies uh, any any game, any week. And I think we saw that last night. We saw it the other, uh, the other night as well with Texas State knocking off uh, Appalachian yeah. State. Absolutely. Well, Matt, have a safe trip down, man. We'll see you Saturday at The Rock. All right. Can't wait. Thanks for having me, guys. It's Matt Stoltz, play-by-play voice for the Arkansas State Red Wolves. We're going to switch to baseball. Skipper coming up. Coach Scott Berry talking fall baseball. Eagle Hour continues on a Thursday.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Appreciate the time of Matt Stoltz, play-by-play voice for Arkansas State. The game against the Red Wolves, Saturday night, 6 p.m. It's homecoming on campus in the Rock. Southern Miss looking for their third win of the season. Appreciate Matt's time. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Coming in, get your homecoming swag. You might as well go see our uh, our great friends. Of course, you can shop 24-7 at campusbookmark.net. Well, we always get excited when we get to talk uh, any type of Southern Miss baseball, and uh, we got the, the head man on himself, Scott Berry, skipper of the Southern Miss baseball team. And, you know, Coach, we do give you an off-season here on the Eagle Hour. You know, after after uh, the smoke clears, we usually give you four or five months off, so we hope that you're well-rested and and uh, and happy to uh, to jump on here with us today. Make sure those hamstrings are okay, too. It takes every bit of the four to five months for those to heal, I can assure you. But, uh, no, I'm proud to be back on. It won't be long, and we'll be talking every every Monday. It's hard to believe, you know, right at four months, and uh, and we'll be playing. All right, so so fall ball opened last week. You guys had some workouts. And I guess, Coach, for, for people, you know, on the peripheral um, that have, you know, are in football mode right now, how does fall work, you know, your your approach to fall and what you guys are trying to get done at the beginning, in the middle, and towards the end? Well, it's a combination of things, really, Luke. Um, you know, certainly trying to get everybody on the same page. What might be our philosophy certainly is probably going to be different from where these young men just came from, whether it's at the high school level or the junior college level. So the main thing is is to really bring everybody together on, on the one page, terminology, you know, how we communicate, whether it's bunt defenses, relays, first and thirds, all those things that we're trying to get set in stone along with trying to develop these kids, you know, taking the things that they do well and, and expanding on those and, and trying to make them better. And then, obviously, if they have some weaknesses, which we all do, we're, we're trying to, to eliminate those and, and move those more into a positive that help us to win. But, you know, really, uh, the message there last Friday uh, when we when we started our fall camp was to, to encourage these guys to make mistakes. You know, mistakes don't beat us in the fall. If we learn from them and we're coachable and we can we can adjust to somebody else's mistake, then it's certainly going to help us win in the spring. And and that's that's what I want us to do. I want us to make mistakes in the fall, but I want us to learn from those mistakes and not keep making the same one over again. So that's a challenge to those guys as we move into this fall camp. I know Kelly will want to ask you about a couple of the hitters. I just want to get your 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 comment on a couple of these pitchers that are coming in. You know, uh, Trey Hand the other day, you know, pumping mid nineties and get the Oldham kid from uh, from D three. And I guess too, fall is the is the time, uh, maybe even better than than what a football team does. Fall allows you to start getting some team chemistry together as well. Well, it does, and you know, with that chemistry, is trying to find what those roles are that these young men are going to play, whether they were returners or, or newcomers. You know, we've got to be able to move these guys around and see if they, if they can uh, play other positions and how flexible they are and versatile in, in helping us win baseball games. So, certainly, that's what we do in the fall. We we move them around, find out uh, those that can that can help us and where. 
Kelly? When you look at the different positions, center field is where Tate Parker uh, comes to Southern Miss from, where he anchored uh, the that position at uh, at Pearl River Community College and his former teammate at Pearl River by way of Alabama Graham Crawford comes in behind the plate you always build a team up the middle they say coach the, the success of a team up the middle how do you feel about uh, potential combinations are up the middle for the Eagles next uh, spring well I feel really good uh, certainly we we brought in a, a couple of three outfielders and and all of them are very good athletic kids uh, you know like you said uh, center field if you can play center, then you should be able to play right and left if if uh, if we need you to. Just like a shortstop ought to be able to play the corners. Obviously, the most athletic kids uh, are going to be right up the middle. So Tate Parker is one that uh, has, has opened our eyes this fall. I think he's got tremendous upside. Uh, we've been playing him in left field, and, and he's played it very well. But the you know, thing that sticks out with him uh, is, is his bat and his ability to, to put the, the barrel on the ball. Uh, certainly he's got great eye-hand coordination, and I think his, his bat will play. But really been impressed with our, our outfielders. Um, you know, another newcomer that we brought in, Matt Edsel from Panola Junior College, who's been playing a lot of uh, center field for us. Man, he makes it look easy out there. He can really go get it. He can come in. He's not afraid to take away that base hit by diving in front of him. Uh, just a smart kid. Uh, really handles the bat well. So, you know, I feel like that uh, we've, we're really we're really solid in the outfield. Obviously, returning Reese Ewing as well. Uh, Carson Pato, uh, Slade Wilkes didn't play a whole lot out there. Slade is he's down this fall. Uh, had some shoulder surgery. Uh, on the, on that on the throwing shoulder, so he's down for the fall. But you know, we feel really really good about our outfield. Still very early, uh, as you just got started last week. But the position that got most of the headlines in the off season has, was the loss of of pitchers due to the draft, you know, etc. Um, so you got these new guys come coming in. How soon before you'll be able to say, yeah, I th- we're, we're going to be fine as far as the depth of the pitching staff goes. Honestly, I think it's going to take all the way up until February 17th when we open up in 2023. I mean, you look at what we lost last year. We took a tremendous hit, man. We lost 393 innings off that staff last year of of a staff that pitched 596 innings. So, uh, you know, we returned 181 innings off that staff. But, you know, the one thing that we always have to wrestle with that no other sport really does and that's the draft you know another another variable to that now has become the portal you know that's that's creeped into our lives as baseball coaches but i don't know if there's anything that's really more devastating than than that draft i mean all five guys that were drafted they could have come back for for this year and that they were a big piece of what this staff was able to do last year and, and arguably probably the best staff uh, that we've had here since I've been here uh, and uh, you know losing those five guys but you know with that being said we uh, we brought in some good young talent new talent however you want to look at it uh, re- uh, you know either way it's new to, to us and uh, you know it's going to be our job to uh, to develop those guys and get them ready to, to go out and compete before uh, before we get to February 17th. But, Coach, I don't know if, if you've heard of this guy. There is a guy on the roster named Tanner Hall. Um, he, he can take up some innings and strike out a, a, a few people as well. 
pretty good. Yeah, Tanner, uh, <laughs> Tanner, you know, was our Friday night guy last year, really covered the non-conference midweek games early in the year, and then we moved into the weekend there uh, once we hit conference on the fifth weekend. But young man that, uh, you know, pitched 109 innings for us last year, was 9-3, and three, and, you know, his strikeout to walks, 146 to 14. Uh, you know, that's those are pretty good numbers, as you know, Luke. So certainly he'll anchor our staff, and, and then we'll be new behind him, uh, having lost uh, the other two guys that, that came behind him last year in Hunter Riggins and uh, Walter. When, with all the, with all the, the young guys in, because what is it? Is it 18 new guys that you've got? Is that what it is? It is. Mm-hmm. 18. I mean, it, it's, it seems like it's guys like Lynch and Sargent. And guys like that that you're going to look to and say, all right, th- these are th- these are the youngins, and you guys are, are the grandpas. I mean, is that the way it is? I mean, because Danny's a returning team captain. I mean, on the player side, you're, you really look to those guys to be able to, to do the gelling in the locker room and, and to form the team. You know, that's the least of my worry because uh, the young men that we do have in those positions of leadership, we certainly have those in place. And, and it's really a lot of those uh, position players, Dickerson and, and Lynch and Pato and Sargent, you know, Slade Wilkes as he's watching on the sideline. Right now, this fall, he's still talking to these new guys and explaining to them how we do it here. You know, Blake Johnson, you know, we return them, uh, him as well behind the plate, Reese Ewing and, and Rodrigo Montenegro. We lost the other one, Gabe, uh, but, you know, Rodrigo still stays with us. So tremendous leadership within the locker room, and that's what we had last year. And, you know, you hit on the first thing that we talked about about this fall earlier in the conversation, and that was chemistry. And no doubt that's what was uh, what was uh, our main main thing last year. I felt like that we had with this team was tremendous chemistry, and we had it very, very early in the year, which is uh, going to equate to a lot of success in all honesty. Coach, you got time to stick around for another break? I do. For another yes. segment, I'm in through the break. Yeah, because we've uh, it's October – and uh, and Kelly, we all know what that means. That There's means be some magic. Tri- that's right, trick or treat at the Pete, and Coach can fill us in on that. Also, also, how do the Eagles maybe change their offensive approach, if at all, considering one of the common threads of the some of the guys that they brought in in the offseason yep. was guys with some pop. Absolutely. Uh, uh, just a programming note tomorrow, two-hour show at Fuzzy's Tacos in Hattiesburg. Um, should have some some great guests for you. And come on and see us. I mean, it's homecoming. It's going to be pretty outside, and uh, we're going to be at Fuzzy's tomorrow. We're still talking Southern Miss baseball, though. Something awesome to talk about. Scott Berry continues with us after this on the Eagle Hour. To the top. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. K 
Kelly always uses this word as a verb, tailgating. Right, Kelly? It's in the verbal form. Let me tell you something. If I'm going to do something, Luke, I'm going to go 100%. And, and tailgating is, is no different, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, what I'm saying is you, you don't use it to describe an event. You use it, you use it to be involved in an event. And I know there's a lot of tailgating that takes place at 4th Street because of all the TVs and, of course, the 995 uh, Blue Plate Lunch of the day, our buddy Slade White uh, at 4th Street. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Happy uh, for, to continue with baseball head coach Scott Berry of the Golden Eagles. And, and Coach, we'll get back some fall ball. Kelly wants to, to talk some, some offensive stuff. And, of course, we want to talk about what's coming up. But, but let's talk about four Eagles in uh in in the major leagues this year of course sandlin started off kurt got his first start and is in the playoffs walner the uh the the twins minor league player of the year and what a great great year he had and then and then chucky robinson man and and coach just wherever you want to start talking about those guys i know it just thrills you whenever one of uh one of your one of your former kids gets to call up to the show such a it's such a hard profession to to make it to that pinnacle of of, of baseball I and mean, that's major leagues and that's every kid's dream that that plays it and grows up you know wanting to be a, a baseball player and for four, four of those guys and and relatively all that same time period to to be able to do that uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable but very proud of those young men uh, you know they're they're not only just really good baseball players but they're outstanding young men and I know people say that all the time and you hear that but I'm here to tell you they are very outstanding young men that represent themselves and our program and our university just like everybody would want on the highest level that you can represent it Kelly and I, I, back I over to you. yeah and and I know that the, with knowing those guys too coach if if for some reason in the future you'd ever need a low interest loan um <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I read the story with McCarty and uh, and uh, Coach McCardle out there with his boat that he promised him. And best I can tell, Kirk is buying a little uh, toy boat that, like a kid would use in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. He needed to be a little more specific, I guess. But uh, but I, but I want to talk about some of the guys that you signed now that are in camp that uh, that you know, certainly have some pop in their bat. And we've mentioned Tate Parker before, just set the, the all-time home run lead at uh, at Pearl River. One of the common threads of some of those guys is that they did have some pop in the bat. So as a staff, did you did you think maybe that, that if you had a weakness, and that's a, a big if, that, that maybe it was just not enough pop in the bat or we just couldn't read, reading into it? Well, no, I think that was just part of the equation that they brought. I mean, I think the ones that we're, we're talking about also hit for averages. Uh, so, you know, Tate Parker was the Division Two player of the year, I believe. And, and, you know, not only did he put up tremendous power numbers, but he hit with a high average. Uh, same way with Etzel, uh, Matt Etzel from Panola Junior College. I mean, Matt had a high average. So, you know, I think more than anything, Kelly, it was just the ability to, to recognize uh, good hitters when, when you see them. Yeah, because pitching, I mean, you never know what other teams are going to bring pitching-wise, um, but you, but having guys up there that, that know that certainly know the difference between a ball and a strike certainly helps. Well, it's the month of October, and one of the things that Southern Miss baseball fans always look forward to is trick-or-treat at the Pete. So bring us up to date, Coach. When, when will all this happen? 
Well, we're inside two weeks. It'll happen October the 26th on a Wednesday night. Uh, normally, traditionally, it's on a Thursday night. Uh, but this year, we uh, we play a Thursday night football game, USM does. So we had to go uh, on, on the Wednesday night. The Hattiesburg trick-or-treat parade is on Saturday. So we'll, we'll partner up with our softball team and, and really anybody else at our university athletically that wants to come out and help. And we'll, we'll embrace our community that embraces us and have a great time and, and entertain. The, you know, I think the biggest thing with it, guys, is, is it's, it's an opportunity for families to come out uh, meet real people, meet athletes that they don't normally get to 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 be up next to and talk to, but uh, and and feel safe while they're doing it. And that's what we want to do. We want to produce an event that's that's friendly, that's community oriented, and and is a safe place. And I know last year you dressed up as a magician, uh, you know, vis a vis the uh, Pete Taylor Park magic. So there was a, a theme there. And I would be remiss, but as an award-winning journalist, I have to ask you. I know what you're going to say, but I have to ask you the question as to what you're going to dress up as this year. To be determined. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's usually that spur of the moment. Uh, it really stresses me out uh, from one year to the next. and I'm trying to figure out what it's going to be. So uh, I'm still on pins and needles, and I'm going to have to have you hanging on with me. All you right. ever thought about dressing up as Hill Denson? <laughs> no, I don't want to go there with that one. <laughs> he'd eat all the candy. <laughs> and let me tell you what, then he'd complain about how much it cost after, because that's the last thing we, we heard right. heard from him for sure. Now, Coach, I know that uh, you're going to be having scrimmages, and, and you certainly want the Golden Eagle Nation to come out here and, and check out the new guys. Kind of fill in some of the blanks for us and, uh, and how the team will proceed you know, going forward. Try to enter squad every weekend, except for this the next weekend. This weekend, uh, we're this Saturday. We're at twelve o'clock first pitch. Uh, it's homecoming. Invite people to come over and watch a little baseball, fall baseball, before they uh, took off their tailgating activities. Spirit Park. We have former baseball player Adam Doliak in the house uh, over at uh, on campus playing at three o'clock, I believe. So it's a great day, but. We'll we'll have first pitch at twelve o'clock on Saturday, and then on Sunday after church we'll have a two o'clock first pitch. But we're going to scrimmage every weekend from here until November the twentieth. That'll conclude our fall camp, except for next weekend. That's fall break. That's uh, February, or I'm sorry, February, um, uh, October twentieth, twenty first, twenty second. We won't be around. Uh, we'll let our guys kind of get a break and then come back and we'll scrimmage that Sunday on the 23rd of October and then pick back up the next weekend. But we announce all of our scrimmage times on Twitter, our Southern Miss Baseball Twitter page. And if you're a dugout club member, our director of player development slash operations, Keller Bradford, always sends an email out each week listing the times of our scrimmages. Talking to Scott Berry, head coach, Southern Miss Baseball. And, and Coach, obviously you want people excited about and, and to, to learn this team and see this team and uh, people you know, so they'll, they'll cheer for it. But I think there's something that uh, it's good for those guys uh, to, to get a semi-taste because you can't simulate what, what it's like in the peat uh, on opening day or in a heated conference matchup. But it's good for those guys to get a small little taste, especially the new guys, about what they're in for next spring playing in front of our people. 
Oh, no doubt. I wish we could have uh, uh, every seat filled for these fall scrimmages. I know that's not realistic, but, you know, there is a lot of passion for Southern Miss baseball, and there are a lot of people that are interested in what this team's about and, and what we're headed into as we as we move closer to the 2023 season. And, you know, you can help us by coming out and putting your eyes on these guys and making them feel like uh, there are eyes on them and that they go out and perform because you're right, opening day, this place is going to be packed and, and for several games after that, it will continue to build. So we have something special here that, that we share with everybody else and, and we want to continue that. Last question for me, then I'll let Kelly finish up. What, what did you learn from this past baseball season you know, it was a in, in a lot of ways things we'd experienced for, but a lot of things we hadn't. You know, with playing playing postseason baseball three weeks in a row in our park, and I'm just curious: did did you take anything away, or or maybe discover something new this past year? No, you know, I think every year is different, and they all produce something that you're going to learn from. I know the thing last year is. Uh, really, we had tremendous leadership from within. It was just the ability for us to sometimes uh, chime in. But, uh, you know, they had it figured out. I mean, and, and it started with the leadership. It started with older guys that have been in our program. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of turnover with, with our guys. So we have, we have players that actually turn into player coaches as they get older. And that's that's really big in trying to develop the new guys, the younger guys. And certainly last year was one of those that I'm not going to say was a rocking chair year at all, but it was fun to watch these guys really work within themselves and and with themselves. And, Coach, again, a reminder on uh, Trick or Treat at the Pete. That's Wednesday night, October 26th. Did you mention a starting time? You know, I didn't. I okay. don't know if it's 5 o'clock or 5.30. I can't okay. remember. Uh, but there will be a major announcement about that that will list the times and everything with it. So. Well, your first chance to see the 2023 Golden Eagle baseball team going on as fall practice takes place. Scott Berry, continued success. Thanks for your time. Always, guys. Thank you. All right. The Eagle Hour, when we come back after a commercial break, lots of things breaking you know, in the Sun Belt. Of course, a game last night. We'll take a look at uh, you know maybe some of the games coming ahead, but also a full slate of junior college football games where Will Hall and his staff are, are picking up you know some, some signees. So Luke and I will rejoin you as we wind down a Thursday Eagle Hour after these commercial messages. Conversation with Scott Barry of Southern Miss Baseball. If you missed that, you can go back later on and listen on demand, supertalk.fm, or those plethora of podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible Eagle Hour 
on all of those, and uh, be sure to check us out in podcast form. If you missed uh, the interview with Coach Barry earlier at the uh, the first segment of the show, we talked to Matt Stoltz, play-by-play voice of the Arkansas State Red Wolves, who the Golden Eagles will take on 6 p.m. on Saturday night. Tennis, men and women's tennis, headed to two different destinations for the ITA Southern Regionals. 14 of these held throughout the country for Division One tennis players. The women are down in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana today uh, for the ITA Southern Regional hosted by LSU. Men over in Tuscaloosa for the ITA Regional uh, hosted by Alabama. So uh, men and women's tennis on uh, the road today. Cross country uh, getting ready uh, tomorrow to begin in Tuscaloosa as well at the Crimson Classic. That's uh, that's the cross country team. They're over there, and Coach Jenny Hazelwood and her ladies head, about to head out to San Marcos to take on uh, Texas State uh, tomorrow. All right, some belt action last night, Kelly. We continue to not know how uh, the Sun Belt is going to go because all of us yesterday picked Marshall in Huntington, and what happened? <laughs> the Cajuns go in there and whoop them twenty-three to thirteen, the final score. And you know, I I can't help but think that the fact that nobody really knows what's what's going to happen in the Sun Belt when you look at App State. In the East, App State go, you know, gets beat by Texas State last week. You know, they beat Texas A&M earlier this year. So the fact that you really don't know what's going to go on other than maybe with Coastal, who's undefeated right now, this thing seems to be wide open, and I think that's good for fans. Don't you? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, it's just the, the West particularly, but with James Madison in the East, it's just kind of like – on any given week, anybody can beat anybody. And and I think that should encourage Southern Miss fans of a two and three team. At the same time, this weekend, just because you're a favorite, you know, you're you're facing uh, an experienced quarterback again um, for how many times this year. So it's one of those things you can't take any games for granted uh, because anybody in this league can beat anybody in this league on any given day. Yeah, and I and I didn't mention James Madison because of that stupid rule that that, that they can't compete, you know, for the for the league title this year. But I mean, they're ranked 25th in the country right now, so obviously the Dukes are are doing some things right. But uh, uh, tomorrow we're going to have a two hour remote. We will be in Midtown Hattiesburg at Fuzzy's Tacos. We're going to be talking. Well, Matt Wyatt will have, of course, all the high school football games uh, from around the state. We'll also be talking homecoming at Southern Miss, where we will be having student directors of the homecoming parade and things that are taking place in a Mr. and Mrs. Southern Southern Miss. We'll also um, be talking with, you know, different alumni and getting ready for the the football game coming up this weekend. That's yeah. a special two-hour edition tomorrow of the Eagle Hour. We'll all be down Jay, there. It should be fun. Jay Ladner on, too. And, of course, Sunbelt Media Days next week. I think he and DeAndre Pinckney are headed down to New Orleans. And that'll be fun. Uh, Coach Ladner, of course, told us how impressed he's been with Sunbelt leadership. And it'll be fun to talk to, uh, to Coach Ladner tomorrow at Fuzzies. All right, football tonight. Uh, FBS Baylor at West Virginia. Temple. At Central Florida, so John Rice Plumley of uh, Oak Grove High School will play that. That game's on ESPN. Baylor and, and West Virginia are on FS1. Bob's former team, the Commies, Washington Commanders, they're at Soldier Field against the Bears. But, Kelly, really, uh, you and I will be at football games tonight that are not on the FBS side or the NFL side. I will be down in Pop Vegas in Poplarville where the Pearl River Wildcats will be hosting Colin. It's actually homecoming on campus at Poplarville, so they'll be having um, a parade and all sorts of 
festivities prior to the contest tonight against uh, Colin and Pearl River still is in a hunt. You know, Jones has pretty much locked up the, the South division and a playoff berth, but that second spot is wide open and a Pearl River uh, wins tonight. They would pretty much control their own destiny if uh, Gulf Coast were to lose to Jones the last game of the season. So uh, Pearl River still in a, a playoff spot, at least a hunt for a playoff spot, Luke, and, and you've got uh, the Jones Bobcats tonight. Yeah, you'll be on the PA in Poplarville. I'll be on the color with Mark Easley uh, in Ellisville. Southwest comes to town. Jones has Southwest this week. They have Delta on the road next week, and then they finish uh, down in, in Perkinson against Gulf Coast. And like you said, it's it's Jones, Gulf Coast, and Pearl River, and depending on how those three teams end up, uh, it should be uh, it should be an exciting finish. In the north, um, East Mississippi and Northwest uh, should be those teams. Northwest is at Cahoma tonight. And I know what happened a couple years ago. Jones took the whole, um, took the whole squad and banded everybody up there and got upset. So maybe a little rat poison tonight at Cahoma. The other games: East Mississippi and Boonville at Northeast, Hines at Itawamba, Delta at Holmes, and uh, and then the three games that that we mentioned. But JUCO football in Mississippi, so much fun to watch. And of course, uh, you know some of these. Some of these players will be uh, will be dressed in, in black and gold in the coming years. Not only black and gold, but you'll be seeing a lot of them as you have over the years playing on Sunday. You know, who have come through the Mississippi Junior College system. So, uh, don't ever estimate the power of the force, so to speak, when it comes to junior college football. Appreciate you joining us today. Come see us at Fuzzies tomorrow. Special two-hour show, one, two, three, as we get ready for a homecoming weekend. Southern Miss, Arkansas State, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Have a great Thursday. Enjoy the sunshine. Maybe a little cooler weather blowing in. We'll catch you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss. To to the the top. top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.